today's episode of the Fit to Lead podcast, Becca Powers, who's an author and Fortune 500 sales executive, likes to describe herself as having a full appetite, stating that women with busy careers can have their cake and eat it too without sacrificing a crumb. However, she believes that they should never have to calendar in their self-care, family, and free time, believing that it takes away from the spontaneous joy of life. Instead, she writes in her upcoming book, Harness Your Inner CEO, that it's possible to enjoy the quote-unquote season you're in without overwhelming yourself with to-dos. So you will definitely get some great wisdom in this episode. So I am super excited to have Becca Powers with me on the Fit to Lead podcast today. Becca, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Yes, thank you, Allison, for having me. Absolutely. So in true Fit to Lead podcast fashion, I always like to kick off things by learning a little bit about you and hearing about your journey. So maybe you could kind of walk us through how you got to where you are today. I would love to. And I like to do so through like a short story because I think it frames it the best. So I'm in, uh, I have been in high tech sales uh, for almost the last 20 years. I've worked for big companies like Dell and Cisco, just to kind of give a framework to, to what I do. So my story, the story kind of starts in 2013, I was resigning from Dell as a regional sales manager and I was following what to me was like, and it still is a mission mantra. So when I'm in a leadership role, I like to lead with the mind frame of people before profits. It's my philosophy. And I had gotten recruited by a company who had a mission mantra, their mantra, their mission statement was putting people first. And I was like, I saw like the Holy Grail. I was like, like, I gotta go follow. I gotta leave Dell to go do this, this thing. So when I went to go resign, I was terrified because I'm like pretty prestigious role. I was for being 35 years old. I'm a regional sales manager at Dell. And I'm like, I'm resigning from Dell. Who does this? I kind of thought I was crazy, but I'm like, I gotta do it. I get on the phone with my VP of sales. My heart's pounding. I'm like, is he going to mark me not rehireable? What's going to happen? Like, I can't believe I'm doing this. And then he says to me, because I tell him everything I just told you, like, I feel like I have to follow this. And he says, Becca, you'll always have a home here at Dell, but I want you to know I'm super proud of you. You are the CEO of your life. And like everything paused for a moment. I was like, wow. And I just remember that really like, like melting over me for a moment in time. I didn't, as with life, like sometimes you, you hear the lesson or the, the, the aha moment, but then it takes you going through a little bit before yeah. you actually integrate it in. So from there, I went over to this company and, um, while they really were a fantastic company to work for in the sense of, um, I got to be on the executive council. I got to see how they do put, you know, people first. Um, but as a leader, I didn't fit in. I was count kind of like an outcast, um, for multiple reasons. And so instead of, and this is what I was resonating with your last episode. So instead of listening to my body and listening to, even if it fits my mission mantra, maybe it's just not the right fit. I powered through, I call it powering through. I powered through this role for three years of it not being a fit and ended up getting really sick. I ended up forming like two anxiety disorders, autoimmune disease. And then I had my, um, I think a lot of women always identify with this story, but this is the last part. And then I'll, I'll close it up is I hit the bathroom floor 
and exhaustion one night after a bad day at work. And in desperation, I like, like praying to the universe. I'm like, I haven't prayed to you in a really long time, but if you could please help me out, that would be fantastic. And, um, so anyways, as almost immediately that you are the CEO comes back to my forefront. I got my miracle. I did my, my pray, my praying, and the miracle came in the form of a thought. And that thought was, you are the CEO of your life. And then I'm like, well, if I'm CEO of my life, then why am I crying on the bathroom floor? Yeah. (laughs) Right. And so from that moment, I, I really worked hard at restoring my self-worth, understanding what my priorities were. Took me kind of two years to, to get my health back on track, but that's where I am now. And that's why I'm so passionate about doing what I'm doing now, because in, even in your last episode, you mentioned the self-sacrifice. What I've realized is not, I sacrificed myself for three years, but women specifically do this all the time and I can really help people. So that's the intro to me through a story. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So throughout that journey and throughout, you know, kind of realizing what was working for you and what wasn't, what do you consider your superpower and why? I have many superpowers, but I think, and I just say that because I've worked on them, but I think one is always staying connected to my passion and to what fuels me. And um, yeah, so that would be that. I love that. I love that. And so you talk a little bit about, you know, your, your motivational speaker. And so tell me a little bit about what is the power of personal and statements? This one is so, for me, I get so excited to talk about because when we start thinking of our psyche and we start giving us ourselves permission to expand, um, you know, when you start getting feelings of liberation and freedom, you can breathe again. And so this and statement is one of those things that when applied can just start giving you more space. And um, for me, it's, it's giving people permission to be multifaceted. And I'll give you an example in the, in the intro, when we were just getting to know each other, you had mentioned that you were a yoga teacher, which like you just got your certification when I want to hear more about, but I'll give you an example when I was in that job. So I'm a corporate sales executive. And I got my Kundalini yoga cert. Like I became a Kundalini yoga teacher. I love and, it. Which was amazing. And then all of a sudden I felt conflicted because my yoga community is like, you're gonna, your soul's gonna die in corporate America. And then my corporate people are like, you're never gonna make any money as a yoga uh-huh. teacher, right? So all this yeah. tug of war started. And then I just said, screw it. I'm gonna be both. And I gave myself permission to be, and, and I'm like, I'm going to be a corporate sales executive and a yoga teacher. And all of a sudden I could breathe. I was like, I, and, uh... and then I was like, oh, and like, cause I had all this mom guilt too. Cause I was career driven and stuff. I'm like, F that I could be a good mom and a career, you know, and success yes. driven. Right. Yes. And, and then, and, and, and I started letting my ands expand. And all of a sudden I had so much more inner peace. Yes. So that's oh, why that is beautiful. Oh my God. I love that. And I resonate with that so much. So I am in corporate and, um, they've let me, they've let me embrace like my passion for wellness, my passion for yoga, for fitness, for nutrition. 
Uh, and I'm a mom. So it's like, I just love that because you're right. We're all like multi-passionate. There isn't just one path or one thing that we're good at or that drives us. So uh, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. I love that so much. Oh my goodness. So maybe we could talk a little bit about, so being a yoga instructor, I would love to hear what is a non-negotiable for you when it comes to like your self-care and wellness routine? Listening to my body. Um, many years ago, like even when I was in my Kundalini training and I was in kind of this job that wasn't a fit, I probably would have said my meditation practice, which by the way, I still do every day and all that stuff. But as I have gotten more mature with knowing me, it's, it's listening to my body. Like if I had listened to my body back then, I would have noticed that that sore in the shoulder wasn't because I just had a bad day or I lift weights too much. I would have noticed that it was there for four months and that it was trying to tell me something Um, or that, you know, pit in my stomach is really a sign that I'm going in the wrong direction or vice versa. Like I said, my superpower is passion. When I feel my fire, I'm going to trust it and follow it more. Um, So that's really, I've started honoring my body and its signs much more. And guess what happened? I started enjoying life a little bit more too. Yes. That's so important because I think a lot of times I don't think people realize that things like stress or things like misalignment, like come out in migraines, in back pain, in throwing out, you know, throwing out your shoulder or different things like that. I think a lot of times people always assume it's, you know, I injured it doing exercise or I injured it doing something, but a lot of times it permeates from being, not being aligned, not being, you know, um, doing what you're supposed to do. So, uh, yeah, I, that's an awesome one. I love that. The whole listening in your body is so key. Um, so maybe you could talk to me a little bit about the ladder of self-worth. I want to hear more about, about this. Another favorite topic of mine. Um, but I like to talk about the ladder of self-worth because when I talk about the bathroom floor moment, right? I think that if anyone's ever hit the bathroom floor, when you rise, you're really not the same person that went down, right? Mm-hmm. There's this, you're rising with like some type of inner, inner power, um, but you still have to put yourself back together. Right. And that process can be a little bit messy. I call it like the mess it's messy and magical um, all at the same time. But as I really started um, looking at things, I realized my self-worth was in the toilet mm-hmm. and it happened. Like I'm a very confident woman. I've been in sales leadership. So I didn't expect my self-worth to be in the toilet. And so for me to really, um, admit that it was there, I was like, how did it get here and what priorities are above me? And that's where I built the ladder of self-worth framework. It's because I was at the bottom of it. And when I looked up, you know, my ladder of self-worth, like my job was first, my family was second, my relationship with the universe was third and then other people. And then I'm at the bottom supposed to be supporting it all. And I have nothing left for myself. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, okay, I have to make myself a priority. I got to bring myself up to the top, which was a climbing effort. And that's why I like to refer to it as a ladder too, because, you know, if your job's used to you sacrificing everything for it, and then all of a sudden you start saying no, like I was a sales leader and I was saying, no, I can't participate in that meeting or I can't pick up that extra project. That was weird thing to do. Right. So Um, I I say that because if you're a listener and you're thinking like, am I at the bottom and you admit yes, one of your first steps to getting yourself to the top is starting to say no, when you mean no, instead of yes, when you mean no. And, um, 
So anyways, those were some of the first things that I did. But once I got my ladder back on track for me, and what I teach is that the ladder should look like this, you on the top universe, the second, and your, you know, intimate family and relationships third, Mm -hmm. then you have other people. And then you have your job and beliefs and all those things that feel like they're most important. But when you get the ladder in that order, everything else just starts working out. Mm-hmm. And it's, in, it's, it sounds so upside down, but I, I swear, like when I have worked with other women to bring them through this and when I work, put myself through it, magic just happens and life unfolds so much easier. Yes. Oh my gosh. I agree a hundred percent. It's funny. Cause I have, I have a pair of pajamas and the, the t-shirt says trust the universe. And it's, it's so true that we we have so much resistance and feel like we have to control and push and do and be that a lot of times when you just embrace who you are. And like you said, put yourself first, the universe kind of lines everything up for you and makes it so much yes, easier. Right. I get the goosebumps as like, you say ah! that. Cause even, yeah, even me, like I was like, okay. When I was like contemplating with this theory, I was like universe first. Cause I'm a yeah, yogi and I'm like, yeah. yeah, yeah. But then I was like, wait, like that still means that like, I'm not putting myself first. And then I was in a meditation and I kind of got this clarity. That's like, you know, as a parent, I would never want my kids to sacrifice themselves for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the universe would never want me sacrificing myself for it rather I'd want my kids to prioritize themselves let me know what they need so I can support them in their rise and yes. so when I was able to frame it with like hey if the universe if I can tell the universe what I need then it can help me rise that felt so much more supportive so yes. anybody who's listening that's why I put the universe second Yes. I love that. I love that. And it makes perfect sense. So talking about supporting, supporting, you know, people and being supported yourself, maybe you could share some tips on how to build a dream team that helps support you. Cause I know a lot of our listeners could probably use some help there. Yes. So, um, I, I call it my executive dream team because I feel like if you, if you've ever been a leader or you've sat on an executive board, you have someone who's over finance, you have someone who's over HR, like there, you got all the experts in all the different areas. But when it comes to our life, we really don't operate like that. We have like maybe one champion or two. So I was started to think about my life like that. I'm like, what if I was to build mentors and coaches and influencer. So I kind of take this hodgepodge approach. Um, I always am a big fan. I think that everybody should invest in a coach because Mm -hmm. it's, it's a game changer, but mentorship is so underrated and not utilized enough. Like within your workplace, is there someone that you idolize someone that's in a role that you'd like to be in? Um, sometimes we look for mentorship in areas that aren't our strengths. And I like to challenge that. So if there's any listeners, like I have found my best mentors to be aligned with what I love and where my passions are like, but they're just at a level or two above me. Mm-hmm. So instead of trying to overcorrect something that's broken, I'm leaning in the direction of my strengths. And so, you know, as I talk about building a dream team, I look at those people around you, you know, is there a coach that you really like that? isn't aligned to where you want to go. Maybe you hire them, you know, at work or within your life in, you know, your community, are there a a couple mentors that you can reach out to and say, Hey, can you just check? Can I check in with you once a month? Mm -hmm. Something like something simple like that. And then even like 
find friends that are, have interest in the direction that you go. And I follow influencers. I consider those like my dream team too. I'll pick two or three that are really in an area of expertise that I'm looking to develop. And I just follow their work for free. I love it. I love it. And you're right. It's so important. And it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a formal relationship. It's just like, who's influencing you and what are you, what are you mm-hmm. taking in from those various people uh, that could help you, that could help you grow. So love that. So are there any recent, I know we're going to talk about your book, but are there any recent books or podcasts you could recommend? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I just went um, on a more of a I don't want to call it a feminine read, but it is the red tent. I don't know if you've ever read it. Yeah. I just read it and it was everything. It's good stuff. That is good good. stuff. Oh, I love it. I love it. That is a good Mm -hmm. one. That is a good Mm -hmm. recommendation. So here's my next question, which always throws people. What is your favorite life hack? My favorite life hack. I have a couple, even in the book, I have some life hacks too, but one that is just coming to me right now. And especially since we've talked about leadership and corporate is always have your resume ready. I, you just never, when you have your intention, right. You never know when you're going to meet people, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, Oh, can you send me your resume? And then like a lot of people are like, Oh, I haven't touched that thing in two or three years. Um, so that's one of my personal favorite life hacks, because if you touch your resume every six months, not only is it ready to be handed to someone and if you run into it, but you're also up to date on your skills and your talents and your gifts, right? You're, you're intimate with who you are now and not who you were three or four years ago, the last time you touched it. I love that. That's a great one. And to add on to that, something that I always do is I always look at job descriptions, maybe for dream jobs, maybe jobs that are a couple levels higher so that I know what, what are other companies and people looking for? Like, what are the skills that maybe I don't have that I need to think about building or incorporating? Um, so I love that one. That is a great one. Cause I am not touched my resume in ages. <laughs> <laughs> and I love your idea too. I was like, wow, I haven't done that in a while either. So I'm going to go surfing. <laughs> exactly. So I want to wrap up by um, allowing you to share where people can learn about your book about connecting with you and learning more about you. So share all the things. Share all the things. All right. So the book is Harness Your Inner CEO, Rise into Passion, Prosperity, and Empowerment. And it can be found on Amazon's probably the easiest, but it's on target.com and Barnes and Noble, but we'll stay centered on Amazon. If you Google or type in, in the search, Harness Your Inner CEO, it's going to pull up Becca Powers and it has a really bright cover. It's white and red with heels and a pair of sneakers. So you'll know that you're there. Um, as far as platforms, I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. They're all the same handle. It's at Becca Powers 1313. Awesome. And I will include all of that good information in the show notes so people can easily find you in your book. And I want to thank you so, so much. I love learning about you. I love, we are definitely totally in alignment. So uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. If you're ready to feel good in your own skin and feel like you could use some help, please let me know. I have a couple spots open in my Fit to Lead VIP one-on-one coaching. Um, And during that, you'll learn how to eat foods you love with minimal exercise to get the body that you've dreamed of. So visit me at www.allisonjacksonfitness.com to learn more and learn how I could help you feel better in your own skin.